Hello, everybody. This is Eddie D'Angelini, co-owner and co-manager of Heidi Ho Comics, with a special episode of Tales from the Comic Shop. On June 3rd, on all of our social media, Heidi Ho Comics posted the following message. Yes, we were looted. Yes, we had property destroyed. No, that does not take away from the righteousness of the protests. Don't be angry for us. Be angry for the injustices that have yet to be righted. We stand with you now more than ever. And I'd like to introduce my co-hosts, Joe Bryan and Roger Prowse. Hey, Eddie. Yeah, it's definitely been a uh, it's definitely been a historical week. I mean, this this will. I mean. What we're seeing, the unprecedented level of protest, it, especially the fact that it's spreading around the world like it has, it's it's quite remarkable. So I'm 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 grateful that you're here to tell us your story about this week and your personal experience because it, it was quite harrowing to watch over over social media and text. And so, like I said, it, it's just it's been a historic week on. Saturday, protests really jumped off, especially outside of, I, th- I think Friday in Minneapolis, there was, was the start of the protesting. And, and that's when we saw the initial riots as well, I believe. And by Saturday, it had spread to all the major cities in the U.S. In L.A., they were protesting in downtown. I remember seeing cop cars burning on Fairfax and Third, which was just a crazy sight to see. And by Saturday, or by Sunday, the protests had moved to Santa Monica, where Heidi Ho is located. The protests in the morning started off down towards the water, Eddie. Correct. Yeah, on um, on Ocean Boulevard. So uh, the actual protesters were marching. Um, towards uh, close to the water and weren't even near any of the inland businesses. Okay, and then as the day moved along, I remember I remember we were in contact messaging and we were talking and you didn't really know what was happening. And it was probably mid-afternoon when you sent the first picture and you received that from a friend of yours? Uh, I received it from my friend, Matt, who works for the Santa Monica paper. Um, he pretty, he runs the paper. He's the editor in chief. And yeah, he was in the area and he was getting, um, pictures of what was going on. And he sent me the pictures of, yeah, our, our shop, uh, broken into. Yeah. And you said you saw, you saw video of, um, you saw a video of the people that were doing the looting on your block and they were just hitting every business indiscriminately. Pretty much. I mean, they they were looting uh, heavily. Uh, if, if people watched the news and they, they saw it while it was going on, the big business that they kept showing, the big shop that they kept showing uh, being looted all throughout the day was that Vans store uh, on the corner in Santa Monica. Well, that Vans store is just a couple stores down from Heidi Ho Comics. So we're right on that same block. So we were pretty much right in the middle of it. And the next block over is where the big Santa, uh, Santa Monica mall is at. And, um, that's also where all the looting started. So I didn't even know it was happening. The, the protests were already over at that point. The people who were marching, um, had a route and they had already finished that route. And 
when the looting started, uh, these were people from outside Santa Monica that were kind of piggybacking on the protests and, and the chaos that was going on and took advantage of it and were being opportunists, really. So we were right there. And they were pretty much hitting anything and everything. I mean, there were shops that got their windows busted out for no reason. I mean, there was stuff in there that wasn't stolen. They were just breaking windows literally up and down uh, Broadway, which is um, the street that Heidi Ho is on. Uh, thankfully, for whatever reason, our windows didn't get broken at all. They, the video that I saw that you mentioned, uh, I saw a couple days ago well after the fact, where someone had come into the shop and said, I was th out there that day and I was shooting video of what was going on. And I have video of that moment that your shop got broken into if you wanted to see it. So I watched it and you could see a crowd of like about a dozen or more people all ramming the door and breaking the door. And the minute the door breaks, you see them all flood in to the shop. And from the report that I got from my friend Matt at the paper, uh, he said that they had flooded in, ransacking the actual shop and stealing things and going to the registers. And others were going straight, went straight to the back storage room and others were going upstairs into the offices. So they pretty much covered the whole shop at that point. And uh, your friend, he told you guys that the looting was kind of moving away from your store's area and that you had a window to go down there. What was it like? Yeah, this was later in the day. We pretty much realized at this point we need to get out uh, to Home Depot and um, get some boards, get some plywood to uh, board up the shop as soon as possible. And I, I'll... I'll clarify, I don't live in Santa Monica. My shop is in Santa Monica, but I live in Torrance, which is farther a bit south of Santa Monica, down the 405 freeway. So I was at home watching it like everybody else and, and seeing our shop on TV. So we went out to get the, uh, the plywood and I was talking to my friend Matt at the paper and he was saying that the police have moved in. They're pushing the protesters south. So in about an hour, They'll have pushed them uh, far enough south that you should be able to get in here and uh, board up your shop. So that was our plan. We got the plywood. We timed it, uh, our drive to get down there at around the time he said, but we could not make it to our shop. We were about a couple blocks away and we were in the parking lot of the Vans, excuse me, the Vons grocery store that also was getting looted really hard. And as we were driving in, and, and pulling into the van's parking lot, uh, the hardware store right next to it, we were watching it getting actively looted. Uh, they had gates uh, across the doors and everything, and that didn't matter one bit. They got through all of that. And they were coming out with tools and mallets and everything, and all those people with tools were all going straight to Vons, and we were there in the parking lot as everyone was going crazy and busting up all the windows and the doors to get into the Vons and running in and out and looting it. And um, it was it was literally like a war zone at that point. Uh, we uh, we were stopped, wondering what the hell are we going to do. We we can't quite get past. We had gotten word that just down the street where our shop was, they had the national guard all across the street uh, in a line, not letting anybody get through. So um, I think we realized at that point we can't get to the shop, and we're here in the middle of this craziness where anybody can start just you know, bashing my truck with mallets and everything. And we decided we need to get out of here. Um, and the, 
police cars are speeding by and, and lobbing tear gas or smoke bombs or whatever into the parking lot as we were there. So we decided we need to just turn around and get out of here. So yeah, we turned around, went home and realized there's nothing we can do until the morning. And uh, so the next morning you found out that two customers had actually stayed and protected your shop overnight. They even duct taped the door closed for you. You said they didn't stay overnight D- uh, during the act of looting. There were uh, a couple of customers uh, not at the same time, but at certain points that had stayed camped out for an hour or so in front of that busted door, um, basically b- blocking anybody from getting in. And uh, we later, the next couple of days, identified who they were, um, but they, they didn't stay overnight. The, the one who came later um, duct taped up the door really, really good so that uh, nobody can get in. And because that was my worry, we were all going to bed that night thinking the shop is just there with the door wide open. And we figured probably all the windows busted, too, because when we were watching the news at uh, 11 o'clock at night that night, they were there with the the reporters were there doing a live report on Broadway um, where the, the thick of the action was happening. And they were walking literally down the middle of the street because it was just empty. And every store all down each side you could see the windows were all busted out on every single shop and we were like waiting for him to walk by our shop so we could see if the same you know was if our shop was the same with all the windows gone but he they cut off before they got to it so at that point i was just assuming yeah our windows are busted out too but thankfully uh they weren't we were like one of the very few that didn't have all our windows busted out which is kind of strange um, because they were busting out the windows of, of any and every business just to bust them out. I mean, like like a Starbucks. What are you going to loot in a Starbucks? But they would just bust out all the windows just to bust them out. What what does that feel like, Eddie? Like what? what I mean, that's got to be helpless, right? Well, it's yeah. You feel helpless. You feel violated. Um, there's you know, there's nothing you can do, and you just feel like your business, which is like your home, is just completely exposed. It's no different than if someone came to your house and busted all the windows in your house when you weren't there and just came on in and did whatever they wanted. So Monday morning, you were able to get down to the shop finally and, you know, survey the damage. What what was that like coming into the shop? Like, uh, well, my um, two partners got there before I did because um, we were having a heck of a time getting into um, the downtown area of Santa Monica, because the entire city came out to help uh, everybody cleaning up the graffiti, uh, sweeping up, and just a lot of traffic of looky-loos and everything, which I understand people want to see what happened or get out there and help, but they were making it really hard for people like me to get to my business and to you know unload plywood to, to help board up my business. So while uh, I appreciate the outpouring from the community I don't think that they were making it difficult for us as well. So I got there after my two partners and they had already started to sweep up, pick up all the cases and displays. So it didn't look as disheveled as when they got there, but they took pictures. And so they, you know, showed me and they, they knocked over glass cases, broke the glasses. They, uh, the glass on the cases, they, you know, upturned the, uh, the, the registers and, and stole the money out of there. Um, 
we have an iPad that we use for credit card uh, to process credit cards um, through the app. And I'm really shocked that they didn't take it, that they didn't steal the iPad. That kind of threw me. It was just strewn out all over the floor somewhere and we had to you know, find it. But I'm shocked that they didn't take that. I figured that would be easy money to just turn around and sell. But um, for whatever reason, I'm glad because I was worried that I'm going to have to go and change all the uh, the passwords for all our, our accounts and everything, you know, banking and all that. And and um, I was worried that they would kind of get into that. But thankfully, that did not happen. So really got there in the morning and kind of surveyed the damage. And we didn't really have a lot of time to take it in because uh, that Monday and the following two days after that, Santa Monica had, uh, at least downtown Santa Monica, had a 2 p.m. curfew. So that's it. By 2 p.m., you had to be out of there and off the streets. So we spent that time trying to clean up as much as we could and um, board up the shop and get it taken care of before we got out of there. Okay, and that's when you and your partners decided to write the messages on the boards? Yeah, we uh, once we kind of got things cleaned up best we could, we all sat down and kind of had a little owners meeting and tried to figure out where what we're going to do from here. And the most important thing that we all decided was that we still stand behind the message of the protesters. And we wanted to make that known, not just to our customers, but to all of Santa Monica, the entire neighborhood. And that's when we decided we are going to write these messages on the boards outside the shop. And I believe that uh, if anyone wants to see it, um, we'll repost it on the um, Tales from the Comic Shop uh, Facebook page so everybody can see it and see what yeah, we wrote. Yeah, I'll, 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 I put them up. They're, on the, they're in the group. I'll put them up again and I'll tweet them out and uh, I'll put them up on the Instagram. Um and uh yeah i mean okay i'm gonna segue here away from uh the timeline because i think it's worth noting that there was a museum that wants the boards when you're done using them eddie well my partner was contacted by the uh, henry ford museum in michigan that's going to be doing an exhibit about the times that we live in right now and a lot of the social strife and they wanted the boards from our shop to put up uh, on display. That's really cool. If I can stop you just for one second, Joe, regarding the message that we put on there. And if you, you know, people who are listening, you can go and look at it on our social media. uh, The uh, reaction to what we wrote on those boards and the message that we put out to the community um, has been received by and large 99% positively. Uh, everyone has stopped to take pictures. Everyone has stopped to say, did you guys put this up? And when we say yes, they th- they all thank us. Um, we wanted to clarify that not only do we support the message, but we do not equate the looters with the protesters. We do not equate the looters with the message. Those are two separate things because people who did um, have not nice things to say about what we wrote were doing so because they were um, basically saying that the protesters and the looters were one and the same, and they were not. Yeah, no, there were definitely some people who tried to co-opt your experience and 
and use it for their own message. And honestly, probably because they're just trying to monetize off of people who feel that way. It's pretty pathetic and disgusting right. in my opinion. And in, um, in my opinion, in the experience that uh, I went through with this, I can clearly see that the people who were looting, they were pretty much just opportunists. They were taking advantage of the situation, were co-opting, like you said, and using it for their own gain. These were not people that had a political message over and above their own anger of the situation, but they did not have any cohesive political message like the protesters did. And they were not trying to do, they were not trying to be out there on the streets for positive change. Okay, so um, over Monday and Tuesday, you got the shop cleaned up, and then Tuesday, you went and picked up new books, and you guys were open for new book day, huh? Well, yeah, I mean, we had to try to get back to normal as best we could. That gets a golf clap. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, we could have said, well, we're going to close down for the week, but then what do we do with the new books that I have to go pick up on Tuesday? We're just going to have them sit in the shop? We uh, a lot of the customers, our regulars, contacted us and said, how can we help? And we wanted to very um, you know, unashamedly tell them the way you can help is show up on Wednesday like you normally do and buy your books. That's the biggest help that you can do for us right now. Just uh, be careful to step over the, any, any of the glass you see on, on the floor when you do so. Um, so <laughs> we wanted to... wracking <laughs> Yeah, we have swept several times. And every time we sweep, we still keep on sweeping up pieces of glass. So well, I mean, just having customers in your store with broken glass that you can't see is, well, yeah, I mean, it's not like it was that Monday, but if you yeah. look closely when the light hits it, you can see little shimmering pieces still here and there on the floor and you try to sweep it up when you see it. But you know, the more you sweep, the more you see, and it's like, it's unending. Like, Maybe a uh, no, like dust a no sandals sign is <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I tell people, please be careful if they're not wearing uh, closed shoes. Um, Absolutely. But yeah. We wanted to have some sense of normalcy, even though on Tuesday and I think Wednesday as well, we, the curfew was still very much in place and we could not be open for a full day. So we made sure to tell everybody we will be open and you can come get your books, but please do it. Um, early in the day. So we're going to, and I, so gave, how was, I how gave, has the customer reaction been so far? I mean, have they been grateful to you guys for giving them some normalcy in their lives? Have they been, um, I, their reaction really has just been of complete support. Uh, they, they obviously they wanted to come in to see us, to see how we're doing, ask us if they can help in any way. But, you know, there were some that wanted to stay out of the area just to, to be safe. And I get it. And I even gave all our employees the day off. It was just my wife and I that were running things for the whole week and taking care of everything. But all our employee, all our uh, regular customers all were supportive and wanted to come and would pick up their pool books and would like go and find other things that they could buy. You know, grab a couple trades, anything to add to it, to, to be supportive. And I appreciate that. That's, 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 yeah, that's a, one of the great things about our community is most of the people are very supportive. I, I want to clarify, you gave your employees the week off, not the day off. Oh, did I say day? I'm sorry. Yeah, I gave them the whole week off. I, I told them all, stay home, be safe. Don't worry about coming in. Just, just stay home. So I, uh, I had the privilege of being able to kind of elevate your messages a little bit um, on our side as well, Eddie, because, you know, being that, 
you know, we, as shop owners, I think the overwhelming uh, opinion of most shop owners I've seen kind of goes with what you've said, which is, you know, none of us want to be looted, but none of us are willing to allow that to be used as a distraction um, from the larger message and the larger things that are going on. Um, can you talk a little bit about what the overall reaction from what you saw um, when you were shared all that information was? It was overwhelmingly positive. Same with our, our regular customers who came in. Um, we had a few yahoos online that wanted to, you know, talk some smack regarding it because there were those few that were equating the protesters with the looters, like I said earlier. And honestly, that that's not how it was. And the message remains the same. Our viewpoint towards it remains the same, regardless of what happened. And we made that clear not only in our social media, but right there in huge uh, letters on our boards. And I think that nothing is going to deter us from that. Good, good. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say on our end, too, we, uh, for those who want to look, uh, if you look on our Facebook for the next store, we shared their post as well as made our own little statement about it. And um, I don't think there was a single negative reaction to ours, which mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, we actually, we kind of talked it over whether we were going to take a public stand on this because, you know, we're in a pretty red area. Um, but we've been of the opinion that human rights and politics, even though they get conflated are not the same thing. Um, and that's kind of the stand that we took on it. And our reaction was pretty, pretty strongly positive as well. So it's been really good seeing that, um, that reaction. I've also seen, um, reactions, um, that kind of tie in. So I know you had a GoFundMe set up and not only have I seen reactions of people sharing that GoFundMe and pretty high profile people, like I know Gail Simone, I believe yes. uh, shared your GoFundMe. Yeah. And you've also had some donations for some pretty high profile people. You want to talk about some of those people Jay and Scott, how that made you feel? Jay Scott Campbell got more retweets than anyone else on that. Go That's right. Jay Scott Campbell also uh, had posted about it and tweeted about it. Um, uh, some of the people that have donated um, above and beyond are, are a lot of our regular customers who, in my opinion, are just as noteworthy of celebrities as any real celebrity. Um, but some of the few people in the comic industry that have donated towards it to help us out are people like uh, Rick Remender, Mark Wade, uh, Christos Gage, um, John Romita Jr., um, who I found out later, uh, found out about it through Danny Mickey. And a um, little, little known fact, Danny Mickey used to work for um, our, the other store in Gardena, Jeffrey's Comics, who my partner Jeffrey owns uh, back in the 90s. And uh, he was discovered in the shop by, um, of all people, Rob Liefeld. So, JRJR <laughs> seems like one of the nicest people. I don't, I've, I've never, never met heard him a bad thing about him. I've never, never met him personally. He seems like one of the nicest people in the industry. Never yeah. heard about yeah. yeah. Uh, also, I just wanted to throw in other people who shared the fundraiser, but uh, Jock, Jock did. Um, oh, I didn't know there, that. Good. Yeah, yeah, he did. There was um, there was more. Uh, I'll try and look that up and get, get a list together if, so we can thank them at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. That would be fantastic. And then I know that you, so you've had some customers step up in a big way. I know you've had some that have, you know, donated some product to you. Um, and I, I guess one of them donated a pretty high grade comic to you and arranged a deal with CGC for them to kind of help you out as well. You want to talk, discuss that a little bit? So I had a regular customer who, um, moved to the LA area from, I think he's Boston, if I'm remembering correctly, Massachusetts, somewhere around there. And 
um, when he moved here about a year or so ago, it, it, one of his parents bought a gift certificate for our shop for him for a present because they knew he liked comic books. So he came in to use it and he said that he just fell in love with our shop uh, from the first visit and just just really loved all of us. And he's been coming ever since. He's been a, a regular customer. So he contacted me and said, hey, I gave to your uh, GoFundMe, but I want to do more. I have a copy of Ultimate uh, Fallout number four, um, first appearance of Miles Morales, and I want to donate it to the shop. I want you to sell it and whatever money you get, um, put it towards uh, the relief effort. And I, I couldn't thank him enough for that. That was just such a generous friendly, wonderful offer. So he brought it in and gave it to me, but then he uh, emailed me the next day and said, hey, I contacted CGC and told them um, about your shop and what happened and that I donated a comic. And I asked them, would they consider uh, CGCing it for free? And uh, they said, by all means, yes. So uh, they gave me, he gave me the contact info of the person to call and I did. And they were just incredibly nice. Uh, they asked me questions. Hey, what happened? How are you guys doing? Are you all okay? And um, said, yeah, we would love to do this for you. And uh, got an email yesterday. It's pretty much as far as the steps I need to take to, to uh, send it in and submit it so that they can uh, take care of it, not only for free, but as quickly as possible, expedited. So that's really fantastic, a CGC. Yeah, I have a, I have, I know there's, you know, you, we've talked in the past a little bit about how you can find horror stories for just about anybody online. Mm -hmm. um, but I have a million good things to say about everybody at CGC, about their professionalism, about their customer service and just how good of people they are in general. Yeah. Uh, I've have, I have a lot of people that work there that I would genuinely call friends. Some of my favorite people I see, you know, in the concert and I genuinely get as excited to see my CGC reps as I do to see a lot of the creators that I'm excited to meet. Like it's, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's a great company in my opinion. Yeah. People love to uh, get on their case for making mistakes and, you know, they've made a couple of mistakes on, on some of, you know, our submissions in the shop. And as soon as I contact them, they just say, yeah, here's the label, send it back. We'll take care of it ASAP. So. Yeah. The, yeah. We've had the same experience. They've exactly. always been really good at being on top of it. Exactly. Um, so I know, I know you've also had some, so talking about some of the creators and stuff, some of the really, so there's been a few that have really gone above and beyond. Um, I know you have a couple that have, um, are donating, are auctioning off actually. So they're taking all of the, the work upon themselves to auction off a few different pieces. I know, um, if I recall, it's Todd Nock, uh, Humberto Ramos and Craig Yo, um, that have all done this. Do you want to discuss a, a little bit about what they're doing and, and B about how that kind of outreach from within the industry, how that makes you feel? I mean, it's great to know that these people, um, in the industry got your, they have your back. Um, it, the comic industry, unlike any other industry, I think is very, very close knit. Uh, we see a lot of the same people year after year at conventions. You get to know them, even though they're the uh, other part of the, the country. Um, whether you're a fan, a publisher, a creator, a, a retailer, whatever, you get to know these people. And um, I, I know Chris Yo. Um, just, you know, kind of casually, we talk online and then we met a couple times at shows and I've given him my books and he's just a really great guy. And he came out and reached out to me and said, you know, I've been selling my art online and I'm going to, I just did this piece and I'm going to put it up on my Facebook page. 
uh, for my art and I'm going to auction it off with all the proceeds going to you. And I was like, that's absolutely fantastic. Uh, I love his art. It's got like a cool underground feel to it. And it's very different. Yeah. yeah. And I want to bid on it myself because I want it for me. Um, yeah, I imagine, I imagine you would, especially with it saying your store's name on the art piece. Yeah, so uh, he stepped up and did it. He was the first. And then we got a call at the shop from Umberto Ramos's uh, uh, representative saying that uh, he's been, since all the uh, coronavirus stuff had hit, he had been uh, putting up pieces of his art um, to, to uh, donate to each individual shops to help out individual shops. And when they heard about what happened to us, he said, oh, we're absolutely going to do this for you. And we're going to get um, a couple of what he put up was two published pieces from uh, two X-Men pages that he put up on eBay uh, to sell with the proceeds, 100% of the proceeds going to our relief fund to help us out. And uh, that that that's amazing that they're doing that. And then we also... They're fantastic pieces, too. Yeah. I, I yeah. had a chance to look them up. They're incredible pages. And then I got word that Todd Nock wanted to do the same thing. And I just before we started recording today, saw the piece that he had um, put up. He has it up on eBay. And he put a um, an image of it, a picture of it on his Instagram page. And it's just a, a fantastic front and back sketch cover of uh, Superman that full color that just looks absolutely amazing. So he's helping out as well. Yeah, I think it's really cool. Um, and and I, I love how you touch on how a lot of these people live in completely different areas and you'd never encounter each other in real life. But, you know, when you see them at a show, it's like they're your best friends. You know, it's just kind of that. It's, it's, it's a really unique position um, when you do the con circuit and when you see a lot of those types of people and you're well-networked in the industry because it's, uh, um, you know, it, it's like a... There, it, it's like they you you leave them and you but you never really leave them. You know they always it's always like you just left and had just seen each other a few days before, even if it's been months. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally what it's like. Yeah. It's honestly my that's that's the biggest thing I'm killed. It's killing me about this year is missing all the con circuit for that reason. Yeah. Um. That's been that's been hard. Yeah, I'm missing them too. So uh, one thing I'd actually like to touch on, Eddie, is we discussed a little bit going in. I think every retail store in the country right now has had to have a plan about what happens in case, you know, some of this unrest kind of hits you. Um, how much discussion did you guys have prior to these events and, and kind of what was your game plan going in um, if, if, if this were to happen? I have to admit, we didn't really have a game plan because... Um, and I had discussed this with the two of you, uh, I think the day before, uh, because I lived, I've lived in Southern California, LA area, pretty much almost my entire life. Uh, I was here when the Rodney King riots happened. And from that experience, I had no idea, no inkling, no even thought that that was going to happen over all the way over on the West side. Uh, during the Rodney King riots, it all happened within um, basically one neighborhood, one area, and was all centralized there. And um, it didn't leak out into the other areas. So we didn't really have a game plan because we had no, didn't even suspect that it was going to happen like that. And it was a complete shock and a complete surprise for all of us, to be honest with you. I mean, I know this city. I've lived here all my life. And people will think, you know, who are outside of L.A., 
they, they, it's easy for them to think, well, you saw it was happening. Why didn't you get ready? Because LA is so spread out and so big. And Roger, you've been here, so you know what it's like. Oh yeah. It's not like a city. It's like a whole bunch of smaller cities all jumbled together. And LA could be a country. It could be a small yeah. country. It really could. So when you see riots starting, you know, either in, uh, so, uh, in downtown LA or south of that in more south central area, uh, you feel very insulated over on the west side of LA because it's a completely different world. And it is pretty far away. It's like, it, it you know, you're talking about something that's 20, 25 miles away. Um, and it is completely different world. So you don't think of it coming all the way over there, you know, breaking out all the way over there. It's, it's, just not something that I even considered. In fact, I remember talking to you guys when you were saying, hey, be careful out there when you go to work, because we went to work on the Saturday before uh, running the shop. And I told you guys, I don't know what you're worried about. This is the West Side. This does not happen over here. This is way, way far away from where it's happening right now. And it's not going to. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. I remember that conversation. And I was adamant to tell you guys, it's not going to come here. It, it, it doesn't happen here. And I was completely wrong. I've never been more wrong. <laughs> well, I think that's been, I think that's been one of the big takeaways um, from this whole entire thing. You know, we had, uh, you know, people are here calling it a riot. And I think that that's a little bit of an over-exaggeration for what actually happened, but um, we're seeing a quote unquote riot, even at um, in Salt Lake city, you know, we had cars flipped over and light, lit on fire and um, some violence and some graffiti and some broken windows. And I mean, it, it really, it was, it was not as much as people are making it out to be, but this is not a place that's ever had like unrest is not something that Salt Lake city is exactly known yeah. for. And I just remember how many people were just shocked that something like that would come here because, you know, well, you usually have a peaceful demonstration in a park, everyone will leave and move on with their lives. Like nothing ever happened. And it's been over a week and they're having nightly demonstrations. This has definitely been a different, um, a, a different experience than the one where we've once we've, uh, experienced in the past. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, Portland has been similar. Um, I mean, I know they looted the uh, stores on Broadway downtown. Um, I know the Nike store got hit uh, and a lot of shops in that area down there in the in the middle of uh, in the middle of the city. And uh, but there's been a lot more. I, I've seen some fires, but mostly I've seen just people marching and uh, demonstrating it's uh i mean i mean it's crazy how it's spread it's worldwide now i mean they're having they're having the same you know they're having demonstrations all over the world it's it's world it's a worldwide movement at this point which is incredible i mean it's sad that it needs needs to happen it's sad that it's taken this long for us to get to a point where demonstrations that that we're it's ta it's sad that it's taken us this long to be fed up enough to where we're saying no this is wrong we want systemic change I mean especially here it's been you know just ongoing since since the Emancipation Proclamation that police violence against minorities has been an issue in this country it's just yeah well and, and just and just issues with general um, control and corruption I think it's most pronounced and violence against minorities. But I think there's a reason that you're seeing people sustained in the streets now when you didn't, you know, even back in the, you know, 
any other time in our lives is, is there's a combination of two things. You have people from all walks of life that are experiencing a lot of what's being um, experienced and seeing what it, how it makes you feel. And then I think you see all the video cameras that are really showing the extent of, of a lot of what's happening. Yeah, no, I mean, it's very clear that, that there needs to be a change. I mean, we've seen, I mean, the video that's being shared is, it's just, it's just eye opening for some people. I've, I mean, I've personally experienced police harassment and assault before. Um, when I was in college, I, uh, myself as well, when I was in college, I was, uh, at a bar and there was a fight in the parking lot behind the bar and I was standing out back smoking because I was dumb enough to be a smoker at the time. And a cop tackled me and dislocated my shoulder and busted my friend's tooth out, even though we had nothing to do with the fight that was on the complete opposite side of a huge parking lot. You know, Joe, if you just would have listened to him in elementary school when they told you that smoking was dangerous, you wouldn't have had that problem. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I threw away my smoke-free class of 2000 shirt because I outgrew it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've had I've, I've had similar, um, and I don't want to get, you know, too much into my own personal experiences. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's definitely been enough that I think, and I think it's important, you know, not that we're a political show or anything, but I, I, I do want to touch on the idea that, you know, there's, there's two ideas that I think that need to be discussed and that's that you can not hate cops or individual policemen, but still see systemic problems within the employer. Um, if I say I don't like target, that doesn't mean I'm mad at every cashier that works there. Um, you know, so I think that that's one thing that I think is an important distinction. And I think another important distinction is that the type of change that's being requested keeps everybody safer. And I include the police in that because if police are trusted and and valued, um, you're going to see less threats against police and less harms against police as well. So um, I think what's being requested is being requested in a way that, you know, hopefully it it makes everybody safer is the goal. No, and everyone needs to go out and support the the acts to remove the – to the demilitarization of the police. I mean – Police should be community members. They shouldn't be considered warriors. They shouldn't be considered combatants. And they definitely should not be armed with military-grade equipment. It's just, it, it, it's, they don't, A, they're not, they're not using it correctly. It's very clear at this point they're not using it correctly. Just look on Instagram and start scrolling through. You're going to see people shot in the throat, shot in the chest, shot in the head with beanbag bullets and pepper bullets. Um, and they're using indiscriminately. I mean, the attacks on the press in particular are just unconscionable, in my opinion. There's there's no reason for it. What I've noticed over the past week in Santa Monica is that uh, the armored police vehicles are twice the size of the National Guards. I mean, we're talking yeah. about like full on like like war machine looking vehicles giant armored vehicles that look like something that should be in a war zone and they're literally i'm not joking they are twice the size of the vehicles that the national guard uh are using and the national guard are still all to this day it's been all this week they're all have a vehicle and men parked on almost every uh intersection in Santa Monica, downtown Santa Monica. Yeah, and I, th- and, I you know, people are going to counter this, this con- the the uh, the demilitarization of police, saying, "Well, we need them when this stuff happens." Well, if you fix the problems the within Guard the system, you wouldn't you have wouldn't these problems. Them. Yeah, exactly. I, you, know, I, you know what I'm saying? So it's I like, would, yeah. I mean, I 
Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's it's a difficult conversation. It's a difficult it's really kind of out of our wheelhouse as far as not it's not what we're we're not here to make a political yeah. to make political stances. But in this case, I think Keep Roger was right. Out when of he my said, comics. <laughs> no, that 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 that's <laughs> something we will stand against. Um, but but no, just the. uh my point is, is we're not political experts. We're not make, we're not political commentators, but this, like Roger said, it's not, this isn't a political issue. This is a human rights issue fundamentally. And it's a, um, it's, it's an important topic that we need to broach. Um, just to change the subject real quickly. Um, so I ran down all the creators and artists uh, and, people that shared your post and helped um so we'd like to give them a thank you terry dodson also helped oh wow uh, gail simone we mentioned as well jock j scott campbell and the actor mark cirillo cirillo uh who has appeared in over he's got over 50 uh roles on his imdb page including movies with like elizabeth banks and others so we just want to thank those people for their uh their help their their uh, sharing and help with the promotion of the uh, of the fund of the GoFundMe for Heidio. Oh, I'll thank one more person too, if you don't mind. Absolutely, um, I don't want to miss uh, anyone. One of one of our uh, regular customers um, is uh, Vigo Mortensen's son, and um, uh, his son Henry contacted his dad. I don't know if people are aware, but his dad has. Uh, his own um, book company, uh, book publishing company that his son works for. And so uh, Vigo and his son donated boxes of their books to the shop for us to sell. So I want to thank them as well. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, That's funny. I just heard on a separate show that Henry is the reason Vigo ended up doing Lord of the Rings. He was going to pass and Henry talked him into it. Yeah. Really? I yep. didn't know that. That was on. Uh, yeah, well, I'm. That's really funny. I had no idea Henry existed until yesterday, and I was watching a, uh, watching uh, the uh, Josh Gad's got a show on uh, YouTube where he takes people who are social distancing and puts them together. So he reunited the entire Lord of the Rings cast yesterday, which was crazy. Mm-hmm. Previously, he'd done Splash and the Goonies and Back to the Future. And uh, yeah, you should check it out. It's a funny, it's a fun little show. It's interesting mm-hmm. to watch these people who are all at home on their computer, but are just uber famous. Uh, yeah, I've, <laughs> I've heard of it, but it's, I, I, one thing I also want to say about Henry is that you hear so, so many stories about, because uh, if people are not aware, both of, um, both of Henry's parents are celebrities. Um, his dad is Vigo and his mom is Exine Cervenka, the uh, lead singer of X, if and me having grown up in the LA area with LA punk bands, of course, I know who that is. Uh, not everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Not everyone might know, but so uh, Henry pretty much grew up with two celebrity parents and you hear so many stories about uh, children of celebrities who grow up to be just complete entitled jerks and are just horrible to people <laughs> and treat people like crap. Henry is the nicest, sweetest guy that you could ever meet. Uh, every time he comes in, he's always friendly, always nice. Um, and, and we love him to death. So um, I can't say enough nice things about Henry. 
Well, that's awesome. I think that's a based on my experience, honestly, that whole son of a celebrity thing or kid of a celebrity is a little bit of an unfair um, stereotype anyways. Cause like, again, you talked about John Romita jr. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really good example. And I also had the chance to, you know, several times to meet um, uh, Max Brooks. Um, and he was always, I mean, one of legitimately one of the nicest people I ever met at comic cons. Yeah. Yeah. He's been in the shop um, too. Yeah. Max is a great dude. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, I've not, I've not seen that stereotype really play out in real life. And it's, it's kind of fun too. I didn't realize this, but, uh, Henry had said elsewhere that, um, that Heidi Ho, Oh, he left this comment on the, the GoFundMe page and said that, um, that Heidi Ho has been his shop since he was a little kid and that his dad took him there all the time. And I had no clue. Um, but one time he, he did come into the shop with his dad one time and I, I missed it because I was walking from the bank as they were walking out. But I can only imagine the reaction of, like, say, all the women customers in the shop at the time that Vigo was in there. <laughs> all right. Well, unfortunately, we do have to address the negative reactions that has happened. And um, why don't you tell us, Eddie, about... The uh, you got you got some co- you got some comic gate pushback on your GoFundMe. Why don't why don't you tell us about what those idiots said? So it was a twofer on Friday. Uh, I got two pieces of horrible news. Uh, first was the whole DC thing that you guys talked about yesterday. That was fun. <laughs> uh, and then right before that, um, my partner shared a link with all of us of uh, a comics gate YouTuber who um, saw our GoFundMe page and started basically just talking smack about it and tearing it apart. And honestly, what he said was pretty tame considering that uh, um, and what he was talking about was just nonsensical. Um, he was, uh, first off, he goes by a pseudonym on YouTube. Apparently he's a pretty well-known YouTuber. He goes by a pseudonym. I will not name him. I will not share his links. Um, I am of the opinion that you do not um, respond to these idiots and you just starve them out. That is the only way to fight them. So um, he made accusations about us that we are by our messages that we put on um, the boards outside our shop, uh, that we stand by the message um, of the protesters, that we are that we were pretty much thanking the looters for what they did to us, because in his mind he's equating the protesters with the looters as being one and the same. And then um, he goes on first, and then he had criticism of the fact that we were donating part of what we raised. We were uh, donating ten percent to Bink, and we're donating another ten percent of what we raised to the Southern Poverty Law Center, which he was called a hate group in the video. And then goes on to say that if we can give away 20% of what we earn, then apparently we don't need the money anyway, which is makes no sense. Um, he goes on to say that, uh, he goes on to criticize us of the fact that we were asking the amount that we're asking for, um, which was 43,000, which is you know really the accumulation of lost inventory, damage to the shop and the building, lost sales, um, lost pay to the employees who now are all sitting at home. You add all that stuff together and any business is going to come up with a number um, comparable to what we came up with, what we figured out. And he goes on to criticize that, but yet 
before and after the video and his criticism of that, he is plugging his uh, crowdfunding campaign for his comic book, which is already over $100,000. So he's really upset about what we're asking when he is already uh, raising more than twice that for what looks to me to be such a crappy comic. I don't know who needs $100,000 to self-publish a, a crappy little comic book. Even if it wasn't a crappy comic, you don't need a hundred grand no. to, to publish no. a comic. I mean, regardless of the quality, that's just, it's, it's a ridiculous thing to think that that is needed to publish a single independent comic. Abs- book. I know people that do it on pocket change yeah. just to get straight by. Absolutely not. Even if he does a large print run that costs him 20,000 or something like that, it, it's, it, what is, where's the rest of that money going? His pocket, right? Absolutely. Yes. Well, and that's the game that that's the game that these people play, and this is what Comics Gate has been built on, and the reason why these well-known Comics Gators uh, double down so hard, even though they complain and whine and moan that they've been blackballed from the industry, um, but they don't actually care, mm-hmm. um, and is that they're not getting Marvel DC work, not because they have a, a conservative lean, but because they're toxic and they attack people, right? Um, they 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 complain about getting blackballed from the industry, but they don't care because what they do is they get enough outrage behind them that they can put out damn near anything they want, regardless of quality um, and regardless of skill. And the people that have this, ju- what they feel like is some super justified outrage, is going to pour money into that, thinking that it's some charitable cause um, or that that will you know show show them uh, show everybody else that they're wrong. And so they're really just taking advantage of political outreach yeah. for their own benefit and i mean this is the this is the game they play everyone has that's that is big in that in that world has done this yes. put out huge numbers in kickstarter delivered subpar to even sometimes straight up just don't deliver a product that they were promised right and you know run off with all the cash yeah and just to clarify they don't use kickstarter because kickstarter does not allow these idiots on their platform a lot of them go to indiegogo or other forms of uh, crowdfunding but and to your point they are raising all this money while they're outraging that they can't get work in the industry they are raising way more money and making way more than the average known comic book creator even makes which is why they do it i mean there's there's a reason that they do this this is not and the best part is and and you know what i don't even blame somebody if they find a way that they can find a niche that makes them money and makes them a career especially as an artist that's that's what you do i don't even i don't even necessarily at that point okay you're an entertainer whatever what i hold a little you know to be hypocritical about this is 99 percent of the time the thing that they attack everyone else for is being in it for the money and profiting off of whatever insert outrage here that they want to have mm-hmm. and they're doing they, they're outraging about someone else's profit for profit um and it's ridiculous and in this case outraging uh being outraged over the amount that we are asking for in our gofundme page when he's already raised way over half or way over double what we are even asking. Well, and just to clarify, um, most insurance does not cover damage from civil unrest or riots. And I'm assuming that's the case with your insurance, right? Exactly. And if, if you, if you do get them to cover it, it is a long fight to get them to do that. And a a penance compared to what you actually had. And most, um, most small shops like us do not have the time and the energy um, to put into fighting that long term when they are pretty much now like for us 
trying to survive day to day. I mean, we have just, yeah. our shop just yeah. opened up the Wednesday before we were looted. Um, we were just allowed from the county to reopen and um, have, you know, people in our shop again and get up and running. And before that, we were closed for almost two months trying to survive however we can on just what we are selling online. So we had already taken a blow. And then now as we're reopening, we get this, this final last, you know, finish him blow <laughs> to uh, our shop with the looters. And, sure, and that sure. was another criticism that this guy had in this video was that, well, they're admitting that they were already hurting. So, uh, you know, they were probably going to go out of business anyway. So why are you giving them money? So, again, just for clarity, Eddie, were you about to go out of business? No. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'm well aware of that already. But, uh, you know, just for clarification's sake. No, and that's, you know, the thing is, the, these people are, are so... They have they have such a forked tongue, you know, because they will try to co-opt us when they are angry at Marvel or DC and pretend that their outrage is because Marvel and DC is harming those small little comic shops. But then if we ever, you know, step where they see is out of line, they're happy to attack and mock us. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. and and I will say, while comic retailers are by no means a monolith, um, I think it's safe to say that. If any of them are, you know, pro comics gate, it's it's probably less than ten percent. They are widely, widely detested. Exactly. Yeah. Um, within within the comic retailers, comic retailers have little to no patience for comics gate as a movement, as a you know the messaging that they put out and, and the half truths and spun, um, you know propaganda that they throw out that we end up having every day in our shop people talking to us about this ridiculous false propaganda that we have to show them is just made up most of the time or completely taken out of context all right guys well that's about gonna wrap things up for us eddie why don't you take us out i want to end this by saying that uh, i want to say thank you to everybody that has supported us during this past week, all the regular customers, all of the uh, comic pros, everybody that has stepped up uh, for the GoFundMe page, everyone that has contacted me privately asking what they could do or just sharing a kind word and saying, we believe in what you guys are doing and what you're saying. Um, I want to make sure, uh, oh, and the people that are auctioning off their arts, the, the pros that are auctioning off their art to help us. I also uh, don't want to thank Comicsgate. <laughs> oh, and CGC. I want to thank CGC for stepping up and saying we'd absolutely love to do this to help you. That's really nice of them. Uh, just a big thank you to everybody. It means a lot. All right. I just want to say, Eddie, thank you for keep keeping your attitude that you've had through this. It's been an inspiration to me, and I hope that you will be whole sooner than later. And we will be back next week. Thank you for listening. Yeah, man, I thought your thought, so your uh, your your post on it was perfect. Your guys' thoughts afterwards were perfect. Um, I've used it to shut down many a uh, ignorant conversation at this point. In fact, so thank you for the weapon. Which one? I'm sorry. You're 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 board you're boarded up. You're on your Windows and your uh, oh the main the main post, one. Okay, yeah, because there's been so yeah. much and things going back and forth this past week. It's hard to keep track. No, of I, I keep, I keep that and the Twitter posts both hand on hand readily. Okay. Every time somebody tries to discredit this whole thing, but well, by the, you wouldn't think that if it was your shop, which yes. is great when people say that to me. Yeah. I say funny story. It's funny when I get it. Oh, you wouldn't write, you wouldn't be posting yeah. flowery crap if it was your stuff. Oh yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that was fantastic. Oh, that made my day. Yeah, so, and I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. So that's going to do it for this week. Uh, we'll be back next week to get you updated on all the latest news and stories from around the shop. Actually, we're going to finish up our how to collect next week, I believe. So look for how to collect part two. Uh, all right. We'll see you then. All right. Back to normal next week, hopefully. I don't know what normal is anymore. <laughs> <laughs>